Hello, and welcome to Home Education Today podcast. I'm your host, Chauncey Lynn Childs, and on this podcast, we talk about challenges, concerns, and joys of providing a first-class education for our children at home. We also discuss methods and experiences with successful home educators, give a voice to concerned public school teachers, and anything else that strengthens our ability to teach and guide and direct our kids as autonomous, empowered, and joyful parents. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Truly one of the most amazing things that we're seeing in our day is the erosion of free speech. And nowhere is this more uh, demonstrated than in our public schools and colleges. Of course, it's all over um, social media. We all are aware of just the kind of censorship taking place there. And I'm not gonna get into a big discussion about whether that's right or wrong. Suffice it to say that if there's one place that we ought to be able to speak our minds, it's in the public schools. Opinions and theories are being presented as irrefutable fact. And this is just not the case. These are theories Man-made climate change is a theory, okay? Transgenderism is a theory. And so is, uh, so is critical race theory. It's a theory. Theories by their nature, by their scientific nature, whether it's the social sciences or the physical sciences, it, it doesn't matter. These things need to be debated. They need to be explored. They need to be expanded upon or they need to be uh, they need to be eliminated if they're incorrect. And we will never know if we can't have debate upon it. You're supposed to be able to go and exchange ideas freely without being labeled, insulted, and uh, castigated for having an opinion. So I wrote a blog about this recently. This is the second reason why we really need to be thinking about rethinking our support of the public school system. And um, I, I tell a little story. I say, here, here's the scenario. Um, it's a warm sem- September afternoon, an eighth grade social studies class, a very energetic and charismatic social studies teacher is giving a lecture. Um, there's a picture above his desk and it's uh, the recent democratic public candidate for uh, the presidency. We're gonna be having um, an election happen, a presidential election happen um, in just a few months. And this teacher is, is kind of, uh, you know, spouting all of his opinions about his, his candidate and why this candidate is going to save the country. Uh, we're going to enter a new era of peace and prosperity and unity in the country. And uh, this, this candidate is obviously going to be serving for, going to win the presidency and, and serve for the next eight years. I wonder if anybody has heard a a teacher speak like this in their lifetime, Um, talk openly about their political views. Well, I have that scenario that I described happened to me and it was back in 1976 when I was just an eighth grader and um, I was a staunch Republican. And so being a very precocious kid um, and somebody who had, you know, kind of cut their teeth on Watergate at the tender age of 10 and 11. 
Um, I listened to the, the Watergate hearings with my parents, um, had joined in discussion with them at a very early age. I was really politically interested in what was going on. And so um, I'd already been having discussions like this with my friends and, you know, this was a big event um, in my formative years. And so I didn't have a problem um, speaking up and disagreeing with my teacher <laughs> right there. The interesting thing is I didn't, I didn't flunk that class. I got an A in social studies and um, I wasn't dinged by my teacher because I had the, you know, the courage to talk about something that he had brought up in class. And I didn't lose any friends over it either. Um, I probably wasn't the most popular kid in school, but I don't remember that any of my friends said a word to me about how, you know, stupid I was or um, wrong I was or any of those things. And I didn't, I wasn't growing up obviously in a, um, in a bubble, in a, you know, conservative uh, bubble by any means in Southern California. So that teacher's name was Mr. Kindig. And I still remember him. I enjoyed his lessons and I, I learned a great deal from him. And that, that candidate was Jimmy Carter back in 1976. He was uh, picking up the reins from, of course, a failed presidency and then a lame duck presidency a couple of years uh, under Gerald Ford. And uh, so, of course, Mr. Kindig was hopeful. And uh, I think we all were, but um, we all know how that turned out. Mr. Kindig was a great teacher, but even at the age of 13, I knew that he really didn't have any right to be spouting his political opinions in class. And um, he knew that he was a very influential teacher and that at this very formative age uh, for most kids that he had a great influence over them. Well, those were the good old days. Um, those are the days when <clears throat> kids could go uh, talk about things, just about anything and have discussions, even, even heated discussions about things and, and really disagree. And of course, kids don't have enough reasoning ability to, and I, and I didn't either at that age. I, I was really just um, parroting the things that I'd heard uh, from my parents in my own home. Um, of course, my parents were not, uh, they were shocked um, and extremely disappointed in Richard Nixon and, and, and thought he should be impeached. These were just very complex issues. And so, you know, on we go, but even, even so doing what we did in those days, um, having the freedom to speak, um, didn't lose you friends. You, you went out back out on the playground and played four square or whatever you were doing at the time. And, um, nobody, nobody thought ill of you. Is there anybody out there that thinks that can happen today in schools? Can, could a, an eighth grader or, you know, a, a kid in high school openly say they do not believe in climate change, man-made climate change? Do they, could a kid openly say that they don't believe that we should be supporting um, gender dysphoria, people with gender dysphoria in, in girls' sports, for instance? Is that, is that even allowed? No, that's not allowed. In the public schools these days, uh, there, there is no freedom of speech for our kids. They simply have to hunker down and listen to whatever the teacher says and agree and write the papers that he wants to, 
to uh, see written and never express a dissenting view uh, at the risk of being labeled all kinds of nasty things. Just uh, recently, my daughter-in-law um, applied for a, a, a master's program in uh, marriage and family therapy. And she was warned by a friend of hers that just finished the program that uh, there would be a lot of a lot of this, a lot of uh, support for alternative sexualities and all kinds of, you know, things that my daughter-in-law doesn't believe in. And, and most people in the country, I believe of a, a majority of people still don't believe in much of the transgender, much of the LGBTQ radical agenda. And uh, she was told that she would have to just not speak up or that she would be flunked, she would be kicked out of the program. And even through her interview process, she was she simply had to agree and go along with it or she would not have made it into her program. This is wrong. This is wrong to shut people down um, and, and not allow any discussion to take place, to, allow, to not allow for any dissenting views on certain issues regarding, especially when a person's going into uh, a field such as marriage and family therapy. It's just completely wrong. So again, this is an excellent reason for us to rethink our support of public education. Even if you are a person who is in the majority of thought in the country or that seems to be going along and believes in these things, you should respect the fact that the pendulum can swing the other way at some point. And just because today there is a, a, there is there are the loud voices in the media, the loud voices in academia are determining what is being said and what is being discussed doesn't mean it will always be that way. Now, it begs the question, how did, how did we get there and why did this happening happen? Well, I'm going to be talking a lot about this because I have been kind of focusing in some of my research, reading some books um, on, I think, why we have lost uh, a lot of our ability to simply communicate. And um, it has to do with too much screen time. Literally what happens when we are constantly staring at screens and we are not conversing and we are, are not looking up and looking at um, different opinions, we stay in this little technological bubble that we create it literally shrinks our brains. We literally lose gray matter in our minds. And this is causing, in essence, brain damage, an inability to process information, an inability to remember things, an inability to make a logical, to come to logical conclusions, look at facts and figures. The, the use of screens and the media teaches us to to literally stay out of the intellectual parts of our brains and be completely influenced by the feeling parts of our brains. If we continue down this trajectory of shutting down all real learning, and especially the learning that's supposed to take place in our institutions of learning, we are not going to be able to keep our democracy.
This is why I am so often saying also that schools are no longer academic institutions. Schools are social welfare institutions. They do not grow brain matter. <laughs> they are simply there to create little activists and to, and to foster this false compassion that the left has, has created. If we don't do something about this, this is going to be a much bigger problem than we have right now. So what can you do about this? Well, the most important thing is to get off the screens. It really is. It's to, to decide, make some family policy. If there's going to be, you know, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth to make a policy such as this. But when your kids walk in the door, say, we're going to put our phones in this box. I'm going to put my phone in this box. We're not going to turn on the TV. We're not going to play video games. We're going to sit down and have a discussion. We're going to choose a good book to read. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to make dinner together. We're going to go exercise together. We're going to, we're going to go serve in our community. There's hundreds of things that you can do as a family. But the main thing is get educated on some of this stuff. Read some books on what screens are doing to minds. Share those books with your kids. And then make a plan to overcome this, this scourge that is happening in our country. The scourge not only of screens, but the scourge of not having open discussions. Challenge your children to um, use fact and logic when you have discussions. Pose a thorny question to them. Challenge some of their assumptions. Make them think. And you should be thinking too. We should all be thinking hard and discussing the things that are problems in our society. We should be talking about it. I'm not really sure that we can reverse the, the things that are happening in the public system. I don't believe that we can. And that's why I'm kind of on the soapbox all the time to encourage people to think about an alternative for their family. Even if we could reverse it, the most important thing for you to do personally, together with your family, is to improve your own intellect, is to take the time to read and make, make those changes that will truly will grow your brain and give you something to talk about. That's my challenge. Make a plan and do it. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way to the very end. By listening to the entire podcast, you've proven yourself to be the kind of person that is forward thinking and you're concerned about our current culture. And you also believe that you can change the world. I believe that by having these simple discussions that we can really make a big difference in the world, really have an impact. And I hope that you'll share this information with others so that together we really can make a positive change.